Assalamu alaikum. Welcome, 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 Dope Muslim Woman Podcast family. We are, we have arrived. Alhamdulillah, we are in our special edition week, Forgiveness After Divorce. We are on part two. Um, I talked so much about this particular episode, and I'm so excited because we're talking about navigating forgiveness after divorce, but we are very specific this episode as we relate it to co-parenting. Um, so I'm super grateful to have everybody here join us. As you join, please give your salams and please share. We always ask you to give your salams and share. Um, I'm actually about to share right now. Um, I ask that you don't do any watch parties. There were quite a few watch parties yesterday. And unfortunately, we just can't um, hear the see the comments even thereafter. So it doesn't give us the feedback that we need. So we ask that you stay here on the live feed. Um, and we hope that you enjoy. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce um, our guests here. And um, I'm really, really humbled. A lot of you guys see a very familiar face here, which is our beloved sister that I'm about to introduce, um, first and foremost. Um, we know her and we support her 100%. She is the owner, a salon owner. Um, she has Hair by Ziada, which offers so many different products. And she is all about hair care and Black um, entrepreneurship. Um, I would like to formally and officially welcome my dear sister, Ziada Dean, back to the show. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Thank you so much for having me, Sabria. I appreciate you and this platform. Alhamdulillah. And now um, I'm very humbled to go ahead and introduce um, our dear brother. He was once married to Sister Ziada Dean. Um, he is a business owner. He um, specializes in helping our community close the wealth disparity gap. Um, he specializes in financial advisement, and he helps a lot of our community members make a lot more money. So, alhamdulillah, I would like to welcome officially Brother Dawood Akbar to the show. As-salamu alaykum. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. It's my first time. Take it easy on me. <laughs> alhamdulillah. So, as-salamu alaykum, everybody. Um, please continue to share at this time. We really appreciate your support. All right, you guys. So we talked yesterday. We had the lovely um, Yasmin and Brother Kofi on to talk about forgiveness after divorce. They were forgiven, for, married for some years. They got a divorce. There were no children or, um, I guess, mutual children um, directly involved. But today we're having a different type of dialogue. It's part two. Um, these two um, beautiful um, people in front of me were once married and they share a son. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about it. Um, I wanted to just broach this first question just in regards to the significance of first of divorce and loss and how co-parenting sometimes can just add another layer to that loss and what the emotions that most a lot of us feel when we navigate through something like divorce. Our community collectively struggles with divorce. My inbox was blowing up last night. Everybody said, what about when there's children involved? What happens then? Can you both just explain some reasons you believe divorce impacts us when children are involved and how did it impact you? We can Would you like to start, start. Ziana? Oh, Ziana, I got you. There you go, Ziana. Oh, I was saying that we can go. <laughs> um, I was saying, um, well, I believe that um, how it impacted us um, 
I think when you speak about the community, um, you know, Alaspana Masala speaks about the importance of, you know, keeping the family intact and that it is a, uh, a help for the community and worldwide. Um, I think that it impacted us because we really had to learn how to navigate through our, the change of what a family structure looked like and try to um, learn and teach and find out what was best for our son. Um, and the change, it, it definitely, you know, you, it can be difficult. Um, it can be very challenging. Um, because a lot of emotions are involved and um, as well as you um, both want the best for the child and oftentimes you forget to hear what the other person needs and what they are actually saying to you. And I know for me in an instance, I sometimes did not hear him. I didn't want to hear what he was saying um, for like for our child and what what our for what our child needed and what uh, we both needed to after the after no longer um, being married anymore um, and I think it's just important to hear one another during those times and sometimes it can be really hard um, but if you take you know a moment and try to step back and um, not look at what you need from it but what the collective may need to make this situation more. Um, peaceful as much as possible um and so that you can work together sorry about that yes thank you ziada brother daoud please share your input absolutely so um you know that's an interesting question it's a very layered question um you know inshallah Allah directs my words but you know uh marriage is half the dean um and it's half the dean for a reason because uh you know Allah. Uh, intends for us to have a beautiful and fulfilled life and uh, we know that you know when you when two come together in unison um, you know when done properly then you'll bring life into the world right and that's kind of like the fruit of the work that you do for a lifetime and uh, you know when we as I said before if we if we do it correctly then the evidence of having a prosperous and successful marriage is the fruit that you bring into the world so um you know to to find yourself in a position where you know um divorce is is hated in islam right it's hated yet it's permissible um then you find yourself in a position where you really have to really do some soul searching and you have to really um really look yourself in the mirror one because we should all be striving to, to be more pleasing to allah at all points and times in our lives so when you off the top know that it's hated in Islam and you have to confront yourself with is this what is best for me moving forward, then you know there's a lot of feelings of guilt, there's a lot of feelings of am I, you know, am I on the wrong path? Am I displeasing to Allah? Is there hell in my future? You know, is there hell that I have to pay in the next life for these decisions that I'm making? Um and you know, to make that decision, of course, it's a it's a it's a very, very uh, serious decision that you have to make. But I, I would pray that if there are people that have um, children involved, then your only reason for moving forward in that area would be to do what's best for your child, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that uh, you know, bringing children into this world, you've made a decision as an adult to put the child and the family before yourself, right? 
And some may think that divorce is a very self selfish decision that you can make for yourself, but uh, in your in your in your decision making to to move forward with that idea, if you're if you're truly looking to be more pleasing to a law, then your only your decision should only be how's this going to impact this child um, first and foremost. And then once you weigh the options of how it will impact your child, understand that there's losses for all people involved. There's losses for the child, right? There's going to be collateral damage. You know, I don't, well, if you don't know what that means, but when people are hurt in the midst of friendly fire, I mean, you know, when people at war and people die, not because they're directly trying to hurt this person, but an innocent person is hurt. You know, that's what it should be uh, looked onto. So, you know, all people, all parties are going to have a loss, but how is it that you mitigate that loss? How is it that you uh, can rebound from that, that devastation and try to move forward in a way in which the two of you can find peace and then still uh, give your, ch your child a chance at some type of, uh, um, remembrance of, of, of growing up the way in which you intended before you got married. Absolutely. That's, That's a great point. Yeah. That's really powerful. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to, um, I, it, it had me thinking, but I really appreciate you mentioning this word guilt because a lot of us do struggle with that. Um, especially when there are children involved in the divorce. Um, I wanted to just ask you guys, cause I, I mean, just the fact that brother, Dello, obviously you're a brother and Suziata, you're a sister. I feel like there's a lot of, um, misunderstandings. Like a lot of times me, let's just say me as a woman, I may project um, a mis, uh, uh, an idea off of, on my ex-husband, right? I may say, oh, he don't really care about the kids because of X, Y, and Z, right? So there's a lot of misunderstanding due to the breakdown in communication. Just generally, if I could start with you, Ziada, where do you think women sort of misunderstand, especially at the, the onset of that divorce, when it comes to their ex um, spouse, the men. Like, how do you feel like women are dealing with the brothers at that time, or, or their ex? Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I think what you spoke, well, what he spoke about also is, is definitely guilt. And um, I think, like, Rafi and I both, we came from a two parent home, and we came from two parents who stayed married to the day that each prospective parent passed away. And so I think that model that he and I both grew up in, we wanted to mirror that right in with our child. But so when that doesn't happen, I know for me, it was a lot of guilt that I felt like I wasn't able to give my son the same example that I had growing up, that I came from the two-parent home and that stability that is given in a two-parent home. And that here now I'm going to be a black woman, raise, you know, help raising a black male in society. And that's something that I never wanted. You know, I think that, um, we, 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 we both that guilt of feeling as though that, you know, you have the best interests at heart and not, you know, that you have more of a best interest. And that's the furthest from the truth. And I really, again, you have to take your ego out of it. And that takes time. Right. And that takes a couple of couple of knockdowns sometime where you just like, you know what? He is the parent as well. And he has emotions about his child. He has concerns for his child. He wants to see his child the same way that I do. He wants to be in his child's life the same way that I do as well. And so once you begin to, I began to look at him as a human being, not just like he's a male and he should be able to take this or, well, this is what I want. I began to really look at him as a human being and also a brother in Islam. So I began to look at him 
the way that Allah tells us to look at each other. Not only that, if Allah, if, if I'm begging for mercy during this time, I'm begging for forgiveness, I'm begging for mercy, I'm begging for ease in every aspect of my life. And if I can't grant that same ease and mercy and forgiveness that I'm begging my Lord to him, then why would Allah grant me that same mercy and forgiveness if I cannot do the same for someone else? Absolutely. Powerful. And Brother Daoud, um, what, how do you think men tend to look at the women in that initial phase? And I just want to say really quickly what some brothers mentioned in a prior podcast. And they said one of the most hurtful things for them as men is when they feel like the the women, it's like there's an automatic assumption that women are going to use the children against them. Is there certain perceptions men have in general that you've seen that where they kind of go wrong? That's a pretty heavy question. Uh if I may, man, I gotta dive, dive all. You know, I gotta go back a little bit, cause mm -hmm. you know, first and foremost, um, in the African American community, uh, unfortunately, men are not growing up in the homes with their children. In the Muslim community, we're marrying the same type of issues and challenges. So, first off, uh, you know, I think we gotta get an understanding that. Um, marriage is something that is uh, regarded as 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 mandatory for anyone that's able, but we're dealing with people that are, we're dealing with a broken people first off, and just because we have the knowledge of Islam, we have the knowledge of the truth of Islam, and even I grew up in a conscious uh, household where I'm knowledgeable of the truth of Allah, and then on top of that, I'm knowledge of the history of Africa and how that impacts me and things of that nature. But yet and still, uh, the experiences that I consider, you know, a mafia experience that that that's that transatlantic uh, slave trade that impacts all of us has still impacted me, even though I have that knowledge and I was raised in an environment that was conducive to eliminate those challenges. So, you know, in, in, in understanding the magnitude of how this environment, how this crazy environment, this Western hemisphere impacts us as humans um, to understand that we have factors that are tearing apart at our fabric of, of of what we understand to be righteous as family members as men as wives or you know as husbands and as wives uh, we got to combat that at all costs and, and and unfortunately i don't think we've been winning that war um it's been going in the wrong direction so understanding like the 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 the, the understand where the scene of the crime started or where it took place is the only way that's going to give you a uh, uh, opportunity to have success in your marriage. And I think that too often we are putting ourselves in positions to make adult decisions before we even know who we are ourselves. You know? okay. So That's understanding okay. all of those factors and then getting to a place where the things do not work out, of course, there's going to be um, you know, stereotypes of, you know, the, the mother wants to use my child against me and things of that nature. Uh, me personally, I understand that in the event of a divorce, people are hurt, right? All parties are hurt. And, you know, the statement of uh, the wrath of a scorned woman or things of that nature, you know, that, that statement itself is something that is going to take place. It's just people are hurt, right? You have an idea that this is going to be my reality for the rest of my life. And if it's short-lived and then there's children involved as well, then you know the gloves kind of come off so to speak and um you know we have to we have to one 
understand before we make the decision to get married do we understand who we are as a person mm-hmm. are we at a level with maturity where we can make the decision to do to take on the responsibilities that it takes for me to be the man and the husband in this relationship is the woman suited to take on her responsibilities are we all all parties uh, striving to be more pleasing to Allah and if those things are not in place then you're asking you it's a, it's a recipe for disaster yeah it's a recipe for disaster absolutely i think like like he said that you know you if you don't know who you are so many of us are taught you know in islam that you know get married get married get married but it's no conversation about self-evolution right and like he said when we're speaking about us as black people that 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 um that generational trauma is passed down from generation to generation even with our parents they did the best they could with the knowledge in which they had to make their successful marriages but you know they 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 also had their issues as well and i think we don't have these real conversations with our children about being fully evolved human beings before you be happy with who you are know exactly who you are what you want to be in this world and what that path looks like like have a clear cut path about who you are do not dim your light be confident in who you are and then you come together and create this union anytime that you have two people who are not fully evolved you are going to come up with issues and not only that if you don't deal with those issues that you had before i.e trust issues you know, just maybe you're not as affectionate as you ought to be. You know, maybe the man may not have the best communication skills, things of that nature. If you don't hold those issues, they are going to magnify in a marriage because that marriage now becomes a mirror. So that person becomes that mirror that you look at on a daily basis and their reflection of some of your insecurities and those things can be scary and you aren't you don't want to see it you know you don't want to see yourself in a bad light who wants to see themselves that way you know and so you have to be very open and and, and understanding and i think age and maturity life experiences you know really yeah. makes you understand what you want in whatever your next marriage next relationship things of that nature you know you grow yeah, if i can chime in on that real quick uh-huh. sure. uh you know, growing up, and alhamdulillah, I was born into a, a Muslim household, right? So I didn't have to revert back to Islam. I was born in conscious, uh, an unconscious family. Uh, the parent, my parents did the best they could. But I think there's something that is toxic that's taking place in our homes that uh, definitely needs to be addressed. And, and, and I can speak from my own experience. When it came to sexuality, when it came to marriage, when it came to boyfriend and girlfriends, when it came to anything re- regarding relationships with other women, we had uh, do what the loss is. That was the answer to all of those things. And when we're growing up in a society where in today's age, you got Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion saying what they saying on the radio back then when we were there, it was dropping like it's hot or whatever it was. When you're, when you're evolving in a, in an environment that is sick and is sexualized to a point where you know, in the fifth grade, I'm feeling out of context because they talking about they hit something and I didn't. When you're growing up in that context, then it's hard to create the 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 the, the tool belts and the tools necessary for you to navigate your way to a healthy relationship or a healthy marriage because they're not being addressed at a young age, right? Mm-hmm. I think that um, a lot of times we'll we'll move into marriage more so before pressure of what our parents think and Absolutely. the pressure of doing what we consider right 
I'm not having premarital sex more so than is this the person that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with? And am I mature enough to take advantage or, you know, am I mature enough to move into that adulthood um, and do right by my family and bring life into the world? You know, so that toxic environment, I think, needs to be addressed. And it's a challenge in this environment because, you know, you're not really in a position to really provide for a family until you're what, mid 20s? Yeah. Maybe law, later than that sometimes. Right. And the law's genetics has put inside of you a seed where the the attraction to be with other people starts at 10, 12, 13, 14, 15. So it's a dynamic that we really have to address in terms of how do we maintain our Islam, feel comfortable in our own skin and get to a safe space where we can grow and develop and the pressures of the world can stay on the outside and we can move into a place where we're at a level of maturity to do what's right and be, you know, and, and stay in the and stay halal. Subhanallah. That's, that's, um, that's really deep, but it's, it's true for a lot of us that were born into Islam. We had that same experience. And for the girls, I don't know. I would say, I don't know about you, Z, but I would say it was, we got it a little bit heavier as the girls Absolutely. growing up. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like you're reared to be somebody's wife, but you're not reared to be a human being. Like you, right. I, you have an existence outside of being someone's wife. You know, it's, yes, that's beautiful. It's honorable, but who am I, you know, before I am somebody's wife, you know? And I think like he said, the pressure, of like that this reality of like okay I don't want to sin so I'm gonna get married I mean honestly that's what most of us did in the that's first the worst reason to get married it's the worst reason exactly because then after you have fulfilled that you are now you with that person so now you have to really make that decision of do oh okay like so I gotta really get to know you and now we gotta navigate through this world getting to know one another while I'm getting to know who I am and that's that's mm. a setup so, yeah, subhanAllah. Um, thank you guys for sharing that. I mean, I think that's that's extremely powerful. Um, I did want to segue into just this concept of forgiveness. And I know that you guys have been um, amazing, you know, co-parents for about a decade or so. Um, and I know that it's it was it's it's been a journey. I'm sure it's been a journey to to just get to the place you are right now in regards to co-parenting. I wanted to just talk a little bit about your process of forgiveness, that journey. And <laughs> Brother Dawood, actually, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, let's talk a little, let's talk a little bit about it, because a lot of people want to know, how do you even get to a place where you can have these types of dialogues with each other? I, I, I can start off, man. Ahead, is, I, I'll give you some Quran, um, inshallah. <laughs> well, not Quran, but just understanding the uh, Allah, he gives us signs in his creation. And this is, uh, I think, something that we can all um, benefit from. Uh, when you look at Allah's nature, you see the sun, you see the moon, you see the stars, right? Uh, the sun is representative of a father who's doing what he needs to do as a father and the husband of a home. He creates stability. He creates proto. You know, the sun is what brings life into the and you know what this produces it uh you know you feel safe and secure when the, the 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 light of the sun is out on the earth the moon represents the mother right the only time you see in the stars represent the children the only time you see the stars is when the when the moon is out right and just like in nature uh, a woman has a moon has a cycle right there's times where you only see a sliver of the moon but you know the entire moon is still there but there's only a sliver of the moon that you see it's not there in its completeness right and women have that that same uh, that same type of cycle that they follow, but when you have confusion, right? Shaitan's biggest weapon to 
draw men and women apart or to cause divorce is for him to create confusion, right? Roles being mismanaged, uh, respect being mismanaged, and things of these of these ideas being mismanaged. And when you see in nature the sun and the moon, they have a solar eclipse, then you see nothing. You see only darkness, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm saying that to say that the roles that Allah put on you know man are definitely separate from women. And when we're striving to please Allah and do what is you know what is asked of us then we should have a, a, a balance like there is in nature where the moon follows the cycle of the sun and they work in unison and everyone is, 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 is flourishing. But when that solar eclipse comes, then, you know, it's darkness for everyone. And that's the, un, the unfortunate part what, about the fallout. So when it comes to forgiveness and understanding how to give that forgiveness, for me, it's simple. Um, the most important aspect with the two of us making a decision where we're not going to be together anymore, the entire focus and the entire, um, the entire focal point moved into what can we do to salvage what's best for our child to give him the best opportunity to move forward and to be a functional adult as a function, a functioning adult and for him to reach his fullest potential. That was the entire objective. And there's times when, you know, we weren't able to have a conversation right then and there on what's best and can we come to an agreement as adults. But, you know, Allah knows best. And as time goes on, as we continue to mature, um, we found some commonalities, right? And the commonality that we found, it gave us the ability to have better communication and in a better way to uh, to just have ideas for our son was the fact that we're, we're, we're always family, no matter what. And that's the one thing I think that people don't understand like if you if you find an enemy in the child of your mother then you might want to go do some more reading of the quran go look in the mirror and and and, and do some soul searching because she bring life into the world that is uh that is a part of you so you're always connected you're always going to be family it's just where do you choose to uh to interact with that person as your extended family or a person that's close to your family or you know even closer so um we were able to have an idea to move into business with each other, right? She knows a lot of people in Maryland. I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia. And the way in which we were able to find some commonality was, uh, you know, Ziada was saying, hey, uh, can you do a little extra here? Can you do a little extra there? Can you do it? And I'm doing as much as I can. And I said, you know what? I got a great idea. If the two of us were able to produce more into the world and bring more cash our way, then that might resolve some of the, can you do a little extra here, a little extra there? And I think it was a great idea. It actually worked very well. But that commonality was what allowed us to um, to, to, to move in unison. To The forgiving part just simply was, you know, at some point in time, the only way you move into Jenna is through the mercy of Allah. We all fall mm -hmm. short of the goal. All right. There's no person that walks this earth that would make it to Jenna if Allah held you accountable for every transgression. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. So only through his mercy is your ability to even think about moving to a, uh, to a place of Jenna. So if you think about that and you reflect on that, that's only through Allah's mercy that you have an opportunity. Then why is it that you can't find some mercy in your soul for the person who bring your child into this world? Right. And that's where I, that, that's what came. That, that's what it came down for me in, in, in trying to be more pleasing to Allah, ask for his mercy. Let bygones be bygones. It's in the past. Let's see if we can work together. We're still family. And any good that we come to this world is going to be more stability for my son. Amen. Right. 
Powerful. So make money together. That's your that's your tidbit. Pretty yeah, much. That was the commonality. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Z, what about for you? What was your process like? You know, I, and, and it's interesting because um, you know I, I'm grateful that we are here. You know, alhamdulillah. And I will say I've told people that this is, you know, the 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 manifestation of prayer. You know, that prayer really does work. I can honestly tell you that. This is nothing but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This, this here, this healing is nothing but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And a part of this started with a journey in me learning to forgive and to heal. And what I did was, um, my friend told me about this universal prayer of forgiveness. And you imagine this person in your mind and you say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. And I began to do that, right, for a while, like months upon months upon months, and I would envision that would actually into to whenever I, we maybe maybe I was didn't feel like, you know, maybe it may have been disagreement or something. Who knows? Right. Because this took 10 years for us to get to this place. This isn't something that happened overnight. It took a gradual of 10 years, moments of sometimes, you know, OK, and then not and then not. And then this has been 10 years of that. I know from this point forward, I know that we will continue to move in this 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 energy in this space. And now then I wrote, you know, just a letter of like how the 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 pain and and just the experiences and just letting go. And I attached it to a balloon and I let it go into the universe. And I just said, I want to be done. And when I felt that energy, I literally felt that energy leaving my body and my shoulders were more relaxed and my heart was open to forgiveness and, and to hear him, to be able to hear, because you have to let go of that anger and, and, and everything to be able to hear the other person. You're never going to be able to hear the other parent in pain. You're not going to be able to hear it. You never will be able to hear them. And so then after that, it happened, you know, God would call me and he said, you know, listen, I want to apologize for all the things that transpired. And I said, you know, I want to apologize as well. And he said, you know, I want us to move forward. I want us to heal together. Like, I don't want to continue to do this anymore. We've been doing it for too long. It's we done. Like the, our son needs to see us talking. He needs to see us getting along with one another. And once we started to do that, you know, and he, be, you know, began to like, you know, check in, like, you know, how's how's ours? And I began to stop saying my son, my son. So complete ownership. And I began to say our son because he is the other parent. So I began to to change inside of me that I don't have to fully take responsibility of our child, right? That he has another parent who generally cares for him. And so that changed and that shift. And like he said, we began to work with each other. Like the pandemic happened, my salon closed down for a while. So listen, this is the best time, Ziada. Let's see how we can do this. Let's work together. And alhamdulillah, it has truly was a blessing. I knew that there was money coming in during the pandemic. It actually helped our communication. It actually helped with trust, like really understanding that we both have, you know, each other's back when it comes to the business because the business affects, you know, financially, you know, making sure that our son is okay as well as, you know, he has a beautiful, you know, beautiful wife and he has, you know, beautiful children by his beautiful wife. And, um, you know, to make sure that they're OK also. So our business, it had to be where it's not just about he and I. There are other people that depend upon to make sure that we are doing the business correctly. And um, and so that just helped. It's so, so much healing began, like even healing with 
you know, his extended family. Like, you know, we speak more regularly and it's just, and, and, and our son said before this podcast, I'm just grateful that you all are here. It's beautiful for me to see, you know, I'm not trying to get emotional, but it, I could see, I could see the healing in our child because we are communicating properly. And I could see the happiness, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry, in him because his, his parents are getting along, you know, and um, I'm sorry, any child would want that, any child would want that, you know, and we got to put our differences aside for our kids, we really do. Yeah, subhanAllah. No, it's okay. No, what you're saying is is really powerful. I mean, ultimately, that's what we're seeking for our children and our offspring. And sometimes, like you said, we got to put that ego aside. Um, I wanted to segue into a wider issue that was addressed yesterday, guys. Um, And that was the impact of the community, the community's role on these, on our relationships, and even how it kind of maybe sometimes falls out with our children. Um, there was a we had a pretty lengthy discussion yesterday just in regards to um, the community's response and how sometimes that um, impacts the individual pain that we're going through and sort of um, amplifies it and sort of magnifies it. Um, I wanted to just ask you as far as what either your experience or what you can share about where as a community we can where we go wrong and areas in which we can improve when we see members go through a divorce. So I think that um, as far as community life is concerned, uh, I think we have to do a better job on the front end. Of course, divorce will take place, but it's happened at such a, a pace that we're not, we're getting something wrong. And we know that, um, you know, marriage is more than just two people coming together and uniting. It's it's it's, it's truly if it's done correctly, it's supposed to be the uniting of two entire families, and those two entire families that are coming together should be connected to a greater community. So, you know, our objective um, in trying to build model communities, I think that um, we first have to go to the beginning and fix the steps that we take in terms of our socialization of our children and how we combat the idea of what do we do? First off, I want to be clear. We do what's pleasing for law at all times. So I'm never ever saying, you know, have boyfriend and girlfriends or anything like that, but we have to create, I think we have to create a safe space where um, young Muslims can move into an area of, 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 potential marriage and we can have a community that will foster and develop them until they get to a place of true maturity where they can be on their own. And I mean, you know, of course do their own thing. And I think if we keep dropping the ball in that area, then, you know, we're going to have strife in our community. Um, So, you know, when it comes to the fallout after the fact, when it comes to, you know, divorce in the community, I think that, you know, in our community, it's, it's, that's a tough ball. You know, the, the immediate family is probably going to side with whoever is their family member. And then, you know, the fallout just takes place where, uh, you know, what happens happens is, is what I think takes place right now. I think that a big correction would be to um, fix it on the front end. But in the event where things go wrong and divorce takes place, uh, I think that we really have to um, really have these type of conversations that we're having right now, these dialogues, so that we can have some type of blueprint or criteria 
to see what's the um, best way to minimize the damage to each individual and more importantly, minimize the damage to the children that will be impacted. Yeah, and and do, well, Ziada, before you answer that, and I want you to segue, but I mean, do you find that the community also gives their input into the aspect of children? I know I've experienced that when people give their, you know, sort of input to well, who the kid's going to be with, or they supposed to be with the father. Do you feel like that, that plays a role as well um, in some community spaces with even involving themselves in that aspect? Z, you can go ahead and say that. Did you want me? Uh, oh, go ahead. You can go, go ahead, though. You guys, what did you uh, say? I haven't, I haven't experienced that personally. Yeah. I, I don't think I've witnessed that just from my involvement in the community. But yeah. I think that, uh, I think that's very important. I, I mean, I, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna just go ahead and and say what I think is uh, on my heart to say based on what I what I know from the Quran. The father. Um, he represents so much, and he represents so much, especially to our young black males. Um, of course, the mother, I cannot teach, I can't teach my daughter how to be a woman. I can't teach her that, right? But I can definitely teach my son how to follow in my footsteps. And my example is the most important thing to teach him how to move into manhood, right? So in the event that two are in the same city, I would hope that we would find it in our hearts to allow young men to be connected and close to fathers that are living that life to give them the example of what to follow. I, I would hope that's the case. And in the event of young ladies, they should learn that example from their biological mother. Like that, that I think that makes the most sense. In the event where you're in the same city, then I hope you can work out ways to make that happen. But if you're in a situation where you're in separate cities, uh, is you know I'm a firm believer that the example that uh, a father is going to show to move him into manhood is is critical. It's critical in his growth and it's critical in his development. And I'm and I'm thankful. I, you know, from six to twelve, I, I had the ability to uh, be hands on uh, directly with my child. And, and and you know, and I pray that he, I know Ziada's doing a great job. I you know I pray that from afar I give him everything he needs to get those building blocks to to uh you know to, to reach his potential to be great so uh, thank you for saying that i appreciate that i appreciate that's, that that's my idea i appreciate that honestly ziana yeah i would say that like he spoke that um i didn't really experience that in my in the community where people were in putting that input i think one thing with like with he and i we always had like our friends outside of you know being you know married to one another so we um we didn't have that like involvement where it was like you know like we were in the community but like i'm in the community but i'm not like in the in the community so i think people knew not to it's not that that's not the feedback that i would ever get from someone to tell me what to do about my my situation or about uh, regards to my child so i know that people have that have experienced that but i've never experienced that you know i i have a group of girlfriends that i'm really really close with and that's who I come to. That's my mm -hmm. community. That's who I lean on. That's who gives me advice. That's who, you know, are there for my son and I here in Baltimore. And like, you know, um, that was said, but from the age of six to, to 12, um, our son lived with him. And um, it was something that our son voiced. And, um, you know, I allowed him to go. My dad said, you just never want 
you know, your son to ever feel as though that uh, you held him back from knowing his father and that you should let him get to know his father on his own terms, not through your lens, not through anything, but let him get to know his dad. And I'm grateful for that, you know, that he was able to experience that, um, you know, and it was a transition as a mother coming from, you know, here you now have to read you your child is not with you full time, but I travel back and forth to Atlanta. I, you know, flew back and forth a lot. So this, like I said, our journey is has definitely been one of uh, we both have sacrificed on both sides, and um, like the fallout, like he said, was that you know, like you're supposed to come together and two families come together. We both came. We both grew up in Muslim homes, so our parents both were Muslim. So when we would get together, you know, we pray together. People go to eat together. That's no longer anymore, you know. And so you have to navigate from that, you know, um, that that you know that that's no longer the case. But then you begin to become comfortable, like he said, we'll always be family. It's just a different dynamic as to how we interact in our family now. It's different, you know. It's like your distant cousin but you still have love and admiration for that person. You know, I'm never going to be, you know, disrespectful or anything to like the, his grandmother or any, that's the, that's the grandmother of my child, you know? So, and so I, and I, I instill that in him, like, and despite anything, these, this is your aunt, this is your grandmother, things of that nature. And that took time too, because, you know, things happen. And like you said, it's, it's a, it's a fallout that happens and it's like a domino effect. Yeah. And then once you begin to say, okay, you know, I just don't want this to be anymore. I I, I want us to really come to a place where we we're Muslim. First and foremost, both of our families are Muslim. That's right. number one. Like our right. parents, the, the the cousins, the immediate family are Muslim. Right. And so we really like even my parent our parents now, you know, like if my, if my son was over his grandfather's house and his grandmother calls, my dad says, give your grandmother my salams and she'll give the salam back. So Islam has helped us, honestly, for our parents in particular. Both, I'm like, my dad is one who's like pretty moderate, so he doesn't really choose sides like that. He'll really tell me that he'll, he'll support me 100%. He's there for me no matter what. But he'll be honest also about, well, did you see it this way or, you know, and, you know, but he, so I think that's important also, but we didn't have a lot of people in our ear that I could definitely say that. Man, I want to give a shout out to Ziada, man. So from six to 12, you know, Ziada, like, went into a space where very, very few women even consider, Yep. right? And she was in Baltimore, Maryland. I was in Atlanta, Georgia. I just continued to lay the line of, you know, my example is going to be what helps him become the man that he's going to be. And shout out to Ziada, man. She's from six to 12. She uh, uh, went and crossed those burning sands of just, that's her baby that she uh, let go and be with his father. So if any, if you all can get anything from this podcast, uh, learn from that courageousness that uh, Ziada had and think of uh, Musa when Musa was put into the river and Allah just said he's going to be okay, right? But can you imagine have to give your child away and be raised in an area where you're not there every day? But, you know, what's best for the child should always be considered first, even when your emotions say hell to the nah, whatever, that guy or whatever you call him. I want my child with me. I want my baby with me. What's best for the child should always be 
at the forefront of your mind if you're trying to be pleasing to a law. That's my that's what I think. Absolutely. And Sister Nazinga, she echoes that. She said that is very brave for a mother to leave their child with their father full time. I commend you, Ziada Dean. Um, so I, I wanted to thank you guys for that, but I wanted to sort of understand a little bit better of what really does happen um, in the emotions and the mindset of, of our men versus our women. And I love that, Brother Dalu, you connected this to the impact of us as a people and how it relates to us historically. Um, but, you know, I received quite a few inboxes last night and a lot of it from, was from sisters and they felt, and I guess some of the um, questions are, they felt like, well, what do you do when it's just difficult. What do you do? Uh, there was a lot of feelings of like, what do you do when the men just are so angry and resentful and you just can't talk to them? Um, a lot of times women have a hard time even understanding that man's anger or what it really means. Um, and I know brother Kofi broke down some of what sometimes that anger, it comes out as anger, but what it's actually is behind it. Can you help us just understand how some men handle some of these emotions that come with even just splitting custody? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I, going back to the scene of the crime, like this, this you can get married for uh, many reasons, right? You can get married for a person's wealth. You can get married for a person's uh, beauty. You can get married for a person's prestige or social status. Right. But the best thing, the highest level criteria that you should be looking for in your life mate or the person who's going to bring, bring life into the world with you is Iman, is faith. Right. And if you put that criteria at the forefront of your engagement with any type of sister, then you're going to put yourself in the best position while you're married. And in the event that something goes wrong for you to have some ability to communicate or work something out. So what I would say is this, um, in a situation where, you know, things didn't go the way they were supposed to go, um, repeat that question for me. I'm so sorry. Yeah. What are some, how do men handle the emotions? The emotions. Got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> so in the event that things go left, right. Or things don't go in a way they, that, that, the utopian idea of being there happily ever after when things go wrong i, I mean in, in my situation i don't want to talk about my situation let's talk about this <laughs> in particular with in general in the african-american community in the muslim community right you have one you got custody two you got child support three you got uh visitation rights you got all these things and we all know that the court system in the united states of america is not in the black man's favor in what in in any sense of the word right the court system is going to always be in the female system so i pray to a law that you don't have to put yourself into this corrupt uh judicial system if you can work your things out and stay out of that judicial system, that's what's best for the family. That's what's best for your child. Don't if you can if you can work it out where you can come to an agreement as adults. The two of us didn't make it as a married couple, but now we have to co-parent this child. What's best for our child? If we can communicate as adults and we can come to some agreement, that's what's best, right? But in a situation where that's not happening, you feel disgruntled. She feels disgruntled then it's best for, I think it's, it's best for a man to be uh, very wise and very strategic in doing everything he can to keep the balance of power where you can communicate still, <laughs> everything you can. And the reason that's so important is because it's just, uh, 
not going to work in your favor if it goes left and it goes to the judicial system. So mm-hmm. stay out of that system. Sometimes you got to bite the bullet. Sometimes I, and I, I'll give you, I can, I think hopefully I can say this from my example. Uh, I was in Atlanta um, and Ziada said, I'm going back to Maryland. I didn't really agree with it. But what I said was, if that's what's best for you at this point in time, I completely understand it. Uh, and at some point in time, I left the communication going. So at some point in time, I'm continuing to say, maybe I can have some time with him, you know, when he turns six. But the reason of that communication, I can't, I'm not going to go to war with you and fight you over something that we don't agree on because you're going to lose at the end of the day. But if you maintain a positive level of communication and you have a person that uh, puts faith first, then you have a possibility of reconciliation. You have the possibility of doing more for your child. You have the possibility of being in a position where all level heads can work in unison for what's best for the child. So, And I want to, Zia, before you, because I'm going to focus a little bit on that. <laughs> Thank you for that, brother. I appreciate that. And, um, and, out, and, and out of all respect, uh, yeah. you know, I, I don't want, you know, I, I know these are some tricky conversations, Ziada. So, with all, uh, okay. my sister. I appreciate yeah, no, that. We, no, we, you, we, no, we, I don't, really you, you're good. It. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. You and I no, appreciate you acknowledging that. A sister asked um, a question, and I don't want to interpret it for her, but I do think, okay, so she's, I'm going to tell you exactly what she said, and I'll get some context. But are you saying that because you don't want to pay child support? So I do want to say this, that a lot of times us as women, we do immediately go back to this like sort of defensiveness about that child support. Do you feel like men do kind of come up with different scenarios to avoid child support or to stay out of the judicial, the judicial system to avoid child support? I mean, could you give any kind of... Yeah, let me, as a matter of fact, I'm going to address this uh, from, you know, I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm <laughs> a sheikh or I'm a imam or, you know, I'm not saying anything like that. But what I will say is this. Um, as a man, you have a responsibility to your child and you bring life into this world. So you absolutely, if you, if you, if you consider yourself a man then you have to, you have to support your child, right? Yeah. I, I think the support of your child should be in the context of the lifestyle that you all had as a, as a couple and the lifestyle that you had together. I know things will be challenging for all parties involved. But hopefully it's not a matter of I'm going to try to hurt you and get as much as I can just to hurt you out of spite versus these are the things that the child needs. Right. So in the event where you can communicate, then a lot of times you can stay out of the court system altogether and you can work it out based on what you feel is equitable and righteous. Right. Um, I don't. I don't think the Quran breaks down like what it's supposed to be on, you know, uh, you know, it doesn't break down. You're supposed to be paying X, Y, and Z, but you do know that you're supposed to be maintaining a woman for at least a year at the bare minimum in the event that the divorce takes place. So, you know, in a society, that thing is real. Uh, that uh, child support situation is real. And, um, you know, the, for you to be able to uh, work out something with your, your parent outside of the courtroom is what's best for all parties involved. And I pray that the man would even do more than he's required. This even more required of him. But but the where, I'm, I'm just saying, though, you know what I mean? I just got to play. You know, but I mean, what about when it doesn't quite go when the brother is kind of, you know, just stepping yeah. up and doing the right thing? Are you? You can chime in, Ziad, if you need to. Or... Oh, okay. Did you want to say something? Though? Or I, mean, I, I, to... I guess uh, so. The first off, let me be clear. Uh, should a brother be paying child support? Absolutely. The okay. support that you should be giving to the wife should be based on what you f- both feel is equitable, is righteous, is what is 
based on the lifestyle that you had prior to anything going wrong. Actually, I mean, of course, you're responsible for your child, right? So I think that's what's best. In the event that people are out of spite saying, I'm going to gouge and I'm going to I'm going to be hurtful. I don't think that's right. I mean, I, I think like he like he's he spoke about, you know, I think that I think sometimes and I get it. Some some people can can say I want my child because of that. But that was never really his. We both grew up in a home that was really Afri- African centered, right? About like, um, you know, the black male and what that looks like when they become older with Kwanzaa Kanjufu and the destruction of the black male. So, like, I understood that as a black woman, right? About like raising a young black male, especially at that age. And so, when he offered and my son really wanted to, I, I allowed it. It wasn't like, about I never even thought that it was because he didn't want to pay child support. I didn't. That wasn't even like a, a thought in my mind, honestly, right? And I even with the child support, I think I, you know, I, I will always say, I think it's important with men that you marry someone who, or you even have a child by someone who first fears God, number one, right? And that you always want to make sure that you don't block your blessings, right? So. And that as a woman, you I had to really understand no matter what, right? Child support or not. It always got to child support. But what I'm saying is that Allah will always take care of me. He will always provide. I'll never be forsaken. And once you really begin to understand that, the child support becomes like an additional blessing. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay, alhamdulillah, that came. You know what I mean? And so it just changes your mindset of like, should must, should women be struggling after they have your child? Absolutely not. And I understand where women feel that way. That should never be a case, right? Definitely, sometimes finances have been tight, you know, but should Muslim women have to bear the burden of raising the child financially? Absolutely not. And that definitely needs to change in the community 100%, you know, and I understand where they echo that. But I think, like you said, I even thought about the child support when I knew when he got remarried, started having children. He also has a separate household that he has to take care of. Right. And so I was like, I'd never wanted to be where his the the kids that he has with his wife can never financially. It would be a burden because I always want him to be able to make sure that he financially could take care of our son as well as his household so that the harmony is that we both are in line and happy. And it in, in the end our son is okay. And we could come together and I could say, okay, well, today's his birthday. Like, can we go half on this and that? And we do that now, right? We, we, this place has come over 10 years. Sometimes in the past, we weren't always there. No, absolutely not. But we have gotten and arrived at that place and it has benefited our son. And like, like I said, and like he said, you should know as a Muslim man, as a man, period, that you need to take care of your offspring. Because what it shows your child is exactly what it looks like to be a man in this world and how to provide. If you don't show that example, then how are they going to grow up? And especially if you're using the thing that, you know, the argument that Muslim children should be in the home of the, of the father as the male, you have to be the forefront to show that that you are the one that is supporting your household as and that child so that they can grow up as a man and know exactly how to take care of the household and take care of their children. So it yeah. is something that you have to believe in. And I think one thing with Dawood is that 
he saw his father do that. I saw my dad do that. You know, my dad was an entrepreneur. We never had the one for anything. And I saw him take care of the family. And um, he still does. You know, I live in the home that I grew up in. I'm grateful for what my father has created as generational wealth. And I am I'm grateful. And I saw his father take care of, his, you know, his mom him, and he until the day. Alhamdulillah, may Allah be pleased with him. Today, he passed away, you know, and he his, his father was a really a great man like I, he was a really great human being really I mean, was a great human being cool, man. Mm -hmm. i'll mm -hmm. say this man in you know i think what can come out of this which is best is shaitan is going to attack you from your left your right from the above and behind you from all areas right they ask uh of a lot of little devils, you know, what did you do today? I, I had a man steal from him. What did you do? Oh, I even uh, I did something else bad. And then they had uh, someone that even murdered someone. And then the person who separated husband and wife, that was the 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 the, the high point of the devils in terms of what they did um, to uh, 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 to I lost my train of thought. But that was the height of the devils in terms of um, you know what their accomplishment was is to have man and woman separate from each other so you know we have to understand that in this day and age in 2020 in the united states of america um confusion is the is the tool that shaitan uses the most to cause strife in our marriages cause strife in our families um to allow men and women to separate to even just have you off of the track that the law has intended for you and uh, we have to work diligently to uncover the schemes of the society that want to create confusion for us and the schemes of shaitan that are working to confuse us identify them and to pray to allah and to strive every day to you know eliminate those abilities for confusion to, um to, to take us off the path of, of, of what allah intended for us absolutely and Ziada, I wanted to just come back to you for a minute because I know we talked mm -hmm. a little bit about um and, and, and thank you brother Dalu, for explaining some of the emotions that men do go through um, as, as it relates to splitting that custody or dealing with custody of your child. But the women, and I know we spoke a little bit about it, it kind of came up a little bit, especially in regards to child support, but what are some other emotions that you feel like um, women tend to go through as they navigate this custody issue? With um, I, you know, I just think it's, you know, you, you, um, you begin to, uh, you know, you just think that, the emotions are that I have my child's best interest at heart, you know, and I, um, you know, I want to ensure that he's well taken care of. And can I, just, can I interject, Ziada? Uh, so, it, do you feel like that's the general emotion that women have, even just outside of yourself? Do you feel like that's what they typically? I think that some that? women feel as though that we, as women, that we we because we're a mother naturally, right? Mm -hmm. So that we have all we are normally dealing with the child more than the father because the father's normally working or something like that so we have this bond with our child that we feel as though on a daily basis we know their needs more than what the father has right because the father's interacting for sure i'm not saying that he's not but if he's working and um like you know i mean i've worked as well but if you like you know my son born nursed him all of that thing you know it's just a bond that it's hard to break, you know, and you don't want to, no parent wants to not, you don't have a child thinking that you're not going to see them on a daily basis. No one thinks that, you know what I mean? And so 
you know, those emotions are real. You have to redefine who you, I had to redefine who I was. Like I'm not, I'm no longer married. I'm not someone's mom full time. Who is Ziada? You know, and that's really the, the the process that I had to go through. Like, who am I outside of all these other titles? Who is Ziada? How does Ziada show up in the world? What are Ziada's needs and desires? What goals does Ziada want to achieve for herself? So it was like I had to, it was like a, a, a cocoon that I had to, you know, come out of, you know, and, and it's just, it's, it's a lot. It is definitely, you feel pain, you feel, you know, hurt that, you know, now the, the vision that you had of how you were going to raise your child in a nuclear home is no longer. And then you have to begin to understand that your own strength. So you really have to find your own strength and know that I can rely on myself and my Lord and I will be okay, you know, and that I will make a way for my child and I, and we will be all right. And that's really what I had to come to, to terms with that we will be okay and I will make a way. And I had to trust myself. So I had to learn how to trust myself and look at my the visions in front of me and not feel as though that my goals and dreams would not be accomplished and they were. Um, and uh, so, you know, those pain, that pain, that those feelings are raw in the beginning for sure. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of, you feel guilty. Yeah. yeah I, like I had a lot of guilt, yeah. you know, that, like I said, that I had a lot of guilt that I wasn't, raising him in the same home that I grew up in, that I wasn't giving him the same childhood that I was afforded, right? But our childhood, it wasn't picture perfect either, you know, and I had to come to terms with that also. Like our parents were trying the best that they could. So you're this, and, and one of my friends used to tell me like, don't shield him from some of the things that he may experience during this time, because this may be what Allah wanted him to go through because it will strengthen him for as he becomes older. And so I had to step back and, uh, and not try to shield him from everything because I could stunt his growth, you know? And mm -hmm. so that's hard also because you want to protect your child from everything, but it's already been written for him. This path for him has already been written. This path for me has already been written. This path for Dawood has already been written. This was supposed to happen. This was in the path of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala already wrote for us. So now we have to learn how to navigate through it. And learning how to do that shows your child how do they navigate through difficulty, right? Yeah. How do they navigate when everything, the plans that they had didn't come to fruition the way that they thought it was? And so, and how do you pivot from it and not allow it to fully overtake you when you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel? You got some feedback. The light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Thank, thank I told you it's very sensitive. Your microphone. Alhamdulillah. Thank you, Ziada, for that um, insightful thing. We're coming to the end of the podcast, but I did want to ask, um, you know, how do you guys feel about people actually staying married for the children? A lot of a lot of people in our community still do that. Um, uh, there's a. I this is to dwell in tranquility when love, peace, and tranquility. So if you are maintaining love, peace, and tranquility, and you want to stick it out for the kids, then alhamdulillah, I think that's what's best. But if you're finding hell, you're catching hell, or it's not peaceful, it's not tranquil, then I would say um, that Allah might have a situation for you out there that has some peace, tranquility, and love. So, uh, I, you know, your life is short. You know, you're here for a flicker. You could be here today and gone tomorrow. So if you're catching hell and you got to uh, uh, stick in it 
you know, I, I don't think there should be a situation where I'm sticking in it just for the kids. I don't like her, yeah. but you know, for the kids, I'm just going to stick in there. I think it should, I think that you definitely need to find peace, tranquility, and love and uh, work towards that. But yeah. Allah knows best. You may like a thing that is not good for you and you may love a thing that's bad for you. So, you know, all we got to do was most mm -hmm. pleasing to Allah in all of your decisions. I'll say that. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, if a one is toxic, right, and the child picks up on that. And so what you're teaching your child is to stay even when you are not happy or not being treated or treated well or not being seen and heard. And that translates for a child as when they become an adult to stay in situations that are not healthy for them. So like he said, if you find love and tranquility and peace, and it's not always going to be peaceful in any marriage, you're going to go through things, you know, mm -hmm. absolutely. But if you begin to see that you really not don't respect the person and, you know, you all are just constantly not the communication is breaking down and you all are not growing. That's really what you need to also gauge. How have you how are you both individually and together growing in this relationship? If you all are stagnant in your own growth and in its you know separate as well as a unit, then you really need to take a look at that relationship, you know, because. I think, you know, sometimes you can stay in something out of fear and fear never serves you. Fear never serves success. It never serves for your 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 uh, goals to be achieved. And um, I think, you know, it, you can't you can't see your vision. So you should never stay just because for the child. It's better for the child to see, OK, my parents really they didn't work. But now they are working outside of this, you know, outside and they are co-parenting well. And they are giving me, they both are giving me what I need to be successful. Because when you're in a bad relationship, you really are ignoring that child. You really can't give them the love because you're not even loving yourself. You can't even, you're not even feeding yourself. That partner is no longer feeding you either. So you are, you are getting, you know, pouring from an empty vessel. And right. I think it's important for us to think that you really trying to save face for the community. But at the end of the day, who 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 are you really doing this for? If you're really doing this for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that's what you should be more pleasing of. And Allah said that oppression is worse than death. So why would you stay? Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I know Brother Kofi said something so powerful. And he was saying that, you know, um, although Allah, you know, Allah it was true, but Allah hates divorce, but Allah also hates um, oppression, right? And he hates um, um I forget the other word that he used, but um, it was it was very powerful to be reflective of that. Um, I do have a question from the audience. Do you think it's appropriate for divorced couples to seek counseling for the entire family? Absolutely. I think that's a must. You should seek counsel before you make the decision to call it quits. And then you should seek counsel through the process and beyond the process. Yeah, it's a tragic true. event. It's traumatic. It's trauma that takes place for all parties involved. So you should seek counsel if you are working as a community, the ideal model community, then you should seek counsel from both families prior to any decisions being made. This is bigger yeah. than just you. It's the entire family that's involved. So um, it's, it's, it's always appropriate to seek counsel from mentors, from elders, from people that yeah. you respect and have more knowledge and wisdom than you. Yeah, absolutely. And we did that also. So, I mean, okay. we, we definitely did counseling throughout the process afterwards. And we sought counsel from our parents, our elders in the community and things of the nation. And I think it is important because they give you a view. It's like, okay, well, maybe divorce may be the best thing, you know, so, yeah. okay. um, it, which is important. Yes. 
Alhamdulillah. I have another question. Um, what advice do you have on parenting from a distance as the non-custodial parent? You guys both experienced that, I guess, a bit. As uh, I would say in this day and age with technology, get your technology on, uh, FaceTime as much as you can, uh, be there and be present as much as you can. Try to find ways to be present, even though you're physically distant. Try to find ways to be present um, and eliminate the, the physical distance. So your hearts are always mended, but you have to make the extra effort so that the child can sense it and feel it. So, you know, try to be present as much as you can. Yeah. I mean, when my son lived, when our son lived in Atlanta, I flew um, to Atlanta like every other month, you know, so I would, and I would go visit his school and things of that nature. So you could do that or you can, like he said, technology is important, you know, FaceTime them, uh, you know, get on, uh, find out about their school, email the teachers, like the be still very active in the child's life, um, even though you have physical distance. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Mm, and try to communication is key when you have distance like that between the two parents so that the child understands like now that he and I communicate better I could say okay I'm gonna call you dad because like you probably need to we need to have a conference about like school or stuff like that and now he sees an accountability he goes no never mind don't, don't call my dad like because he can he knows like his father will check him, you know, about his stuff. And it's, it's important because I remember my mother always saying, like, when, when the kids see that the parents get along about certain issues, they know that they can't get away with certain things, right? So just that communication is important and just, you know, trying to um, be active in the child's life and, um, you know, just communication, really. Just making sure that both parties are heard and that the, the needs of both parents are actually being met. If they're not, then maybe seeking mediation, you know, where, you know, you can write out a contract because the law speaks about contracts. So write out a contract of how things should be stipulated. And that way you both can feel as though you both are being represented and that both voices are heard. Well, we've reached the end of this podcast. We went a little bit over time. Um, I wanted to just, again, send some gratitude. This is such an intimate personal discussion, especially as we related to our children. But I wanted to just personally thank both Yuziata and Brother Daou for just modeling this for our community and allowing us to truly benefit from your authenticity and transparency. So may Allah bless and reward both of you. Amen. Um, let's do it again soon. Yes, definitely. Part, yes, we got to do it again. Um, thank you to the audience members for coming on to the special edition week, part one and part two. We hope you truly benefited. Um, from this discussion as we related it to co-parenting. May Allah reward all of you guys. Um, don't forget, um, Saudia, can you put it in there? But don't forget to support the podcast by going to our marketplace. Um, mashallah, we, I, I looked checked today and I see all you guys purchase and support it. So thank you so much. Continue to do so and um, get your merchandise and we'll be adding some new merchandise. Um, we will go um, return back next Wednesday, inshallah, with... Um, not Without My Faith with Halima D. Vera. If anybody knows her, she's a Not Without My Hijab. She's a pretty phenomenal woman. We'll be coming back talking about forgiveness after the loss of faith. So make sure you're here next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Um, our audience members are sending their gratitude to you guys. I'm going to read this uh, amazing conversation. Shukran to you all. Um, that is from Sister Nadira Jean Muhammad. 
Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Wa alaikum